But he just kind of like vaporizes himself. Yeah, and he's gone. He's gone. He like melts into the grass. He's one with the earth now. Yeah. It's a circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Turtles. I'm thrilled you're listening to me here on Turtle Flakes. Galabunga dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. Today is, I don't even know, its uh, I think it's May 15th, something like that. I think this is episode 43, maybe 44? I don't know, I don't know, I'm just winging it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my, my good buddy here, voice you hear on the other end of the mic there, is Landon Long. How you doing, Landon? Hey, pretty good. How are you, Mr. Robert? I'm doing fine, man. Doing fine. Now, for those of you who might not know, Landon is my best friend. Uh, Landon is a buddy of mine. We've been friends ever since we were wee teenagers. We have done all kinds of stuff together, so it is a dream come true to have you on this show as an official co-host. Oh, it, it, it's awesome. Turtle Flakes is, uh, is pretty big. Uh, I notice y'all have a lot of fan interaction, and I love that, and... Uh, yeah, y'all, y'all talk about one of the biggest parts of my childhood, the Ninja Turtles. So we, well, you know, that's one of those things. First of all, it means a lot, man. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> I, we're, we're pretty small time, but we enjoy it. And uh, and dude, I just gotta say, man, it's just good to have you on here. But this isn't Landon's first time on the show. It's not. Uh, he was actually on the show um, way back in um, episode five. <laughs> when we had our first interview, and we were all jittery and scared and nervous because it was Pat Fraley, our first real interview. By the way, excellent, awesome guy. There was mm-hmm. a guy on the other uh, end of the mic that was asking a few questions, and I never got to introduce him because he joined us uh, midway through the interview, and it was Landon. You got to ask yep. Pat Fraley some questions. I know. That was pretty cool. I was, uh, I was kind of starstruck, <laughs> to oh, be honest. You and me both, man. You and me both. I think the nervous I had been was when... Uh, you and I, I think our, the first interview um, we had ever done was with Rob McCallum on the Retro Junkies. That's another mm-hmm. podcast that we did together. And that was our first interview. And then our second big one was Pat Fraley. It was just cool to have you on. And then later on, Landon lended his voice to our Turtle Flakes Oprah, uh, Spooktacular. He was <laughs> Freddy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, boys. Uh, but uh, yeah, Landon and I, we, we've been through it. Um, just, just, it's so cool to have you on the show full time now because yeah. we're doing a new show. Uh, it's called Ninja Pizza. <laughs> and uh, basically, it's going to be a show dedicated to a lot of the classic stuff, a lot of the classic comics, maybe some classic memorabilia from the Turtles, and uh, just anything that's a little bit more on the obscure side that might have been kind of forgotten over time. We want to dedicate that show to it. And Landon and I, we, for those of you who might not know, we hosted a uh, show called The Retro Junkies for years. Uh, we did it, we started, I think, in 2013, early 2013. Yeah. And um, 
you know, we did lots of great shows there. As a matter of fact, Turtle Flakes came from that show. That's right. Yeah, Landon and I, we did two Ninja Turtle episodes. I think it was episode six and seven where we covered all the video games, the movies, and, and, and all that stuff in those mm -hmm. shows. Man, we had so much fun with it. We were going to start a sideshow called Turtle Flakes. And, uh, you know, Landon, that was right around the time that uh, your wife was pregnant with little Lola. And I think yep. she was born during that time. And uh, Landon, unfortunately, couldn't do it, but Josh Witt could. And basically, you know, Landon was going to be the co-host with me. We were going to do Turtle Flakes together. So here it is, you know, three <laughs> years later, here we are finally doing it. It's kind of cool, man. Yeah, it is. I was going to say, it only took three years, but here we are. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, you were late, Hoser. Jeez. Yeah, well, you know, it's... <laughs> You're gonna find out that's a uh, recurring theme with me is oh. being late. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. I'm I'm the worst for it. I'll tell you. But um, yeah, well, we did. Gosh, we did several Retro Junkies episodes together. Probably just about every single one of them. And I know that you've you've kept the show running, man. And mm -hmm. it is fantastic. You and Nick oh, Stevens. You. you and Nick Stevens are my heroes. Um, it's on Nick, baby. It's no, on Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And uh, hey, why don't you tell uh, our listeners who might not be familiar with with the Retro Junkies kind of what the show was all about, and you know what you guys are up to right now, man? Um, yeah, the Retro Junkies is just kind of a uh, it's, it's video game. We we base a lot of it on video games. Uh, we do a lot of retro games. Uh, do everything from Atari to Nintendo, Super Nintendo. We do some Sega Genesis, but that's a that's a whole other podcast called Genesis Gems that we've all been a part of in the past <laughs> oh, at one yeah. point or another. And, uh, yeah, we, we cover uh, just games. Uh, we've been doing a few uh, few toys, few cartoons, uh, but we've uh, been focusing back on games, and we've had a real focus on PC games lately, PC DOS games. Uh, I know today is May the 15th, and I think we're going to try to have the newest Super Show out maybe next week. I know Nick's working on the editing, and uh, we brought a few. We brought some of the old skits back. I know... Uh, you got to be the narrator on our our most previous skit. Oh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I wrote I wrote some I wrote that part for you. I'm like, hmm. Rob would be a good narrator. It's not real time intensive. He can he can even do it with the the baby in his lap if he wanted to. <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. They, yeah. And that that's one thing I loved about the Retro Junkies, man. The skits were my favorite thing to do. Of course, besides talking to my best friend, you know, Landon and I. That like I said, I was. Uh, we grew up together. Um, you know, we could tell a whole story of. Gosh, we could tell you lots of stories of you know all the stuff we've been through together. But uh, the best thing about the Retro Junkies was talking with my best friend, and mm -hmm. I knew, you know, I had to cut back a little bit. I was doing at one point. I was doing three shows: the Retro Junkies, Genesis Gems, and Turtle Flakes. And I knew I had to cut back after I had my son, but I knew I was going to miss talking to Landon. I was like, how am I going to do this? So that's why I asked Landon to come on the show. And uh, that, that was the main thing. But the skits were a blast to do. One of my favorite ones is um, the Galaga skit, the Rocky Galaga oh, Lord, skit. Oh, yes. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. And then um, I really liked our Star Wars skits. The Star Wars skits were good, especially with uh, Darth Willie and... Yeah. <laughs> I am a collector. That sounded just like Darth Vader, too. It's very robotic. You I'll did good it. on that. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, excellent show. Um, basically, you can find the Retro Junkies on iTunes. Um, mm -hmm. We have, of course, we have our own website. Turtle Flakes is part of the Retro Junkies network. Uh, so if you go to www.theretrojunkies.com, you'll find all the different family-friendly shows that are on the Retro Junkies network, including the Super Show, which Landon was mm -hmm. talking about, and including Genesis Gems, which is um, a show that Landon's part of as well. And yeah. your last episode you guys did was it uh, NBA '95 or NBA Live? 
NBA Live 95 on Genesis Gems, yep. So um, I know it's a sports game, and people kind of throw off on sports games, but it's pretty good. You get to you get to listen to us uh, talk about funk music in a <laughs> video game. I, I listened to that episode. That was a great episode. It was fun. We had a good time. I love uh, I love working with Aaron and uh, and Nick. They're good guys. Oh, would you like me to do some uh, NBA Jam for you? Yeah, do some NBA Jam for us. All right, man. I'll see if I can try to remember this. This is a rap song I wrote for, of course, NBA Jam for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> Well, I look through the window, but all I see is another rainy day. I'm in Strasty. Got a TV to my left and the shelf to my right, but the game I want to play is nowhere inside. Screaming through my drawers and under my bed. Even found my lost copy of Bill and Ted. Ain't gonna stop. Do whatever I can to get my daily... Ah, dang, I was so close. Oh, you were so good. <laughs> you good. I think the last line is to get my daily dose of NBA Jam. And I, I can't even remember the second verse. Wicka, wicka, wicka. <laughs> I almost had it. I almost nailed it. Or as hey, Nick, Nick right. would say, snailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Snailed it, snailed it. So yeah, excellent shows, guys. Um, uh, it's it's Landon's a part of those shows, and now he's a part of. Now you're doing three podcasts. How you doing this, man? Um, lots of coffee. Uh, no, nah, we. Uh, <laughs> the the one thing about gyms and the super show is we record those at like nine and ten o'clock at night, so my family's all asleep. They're just like, yeah, you do whatever you want, just don't wake us up. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's me in the morning. Like at night, I am useless. But in the mornings, uh, I, that's where I'm at my, my best. So uh, I've got a cup of coffee going right now, and I'm fired up because today we are talking about – I forgot, I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, eh? Drum roll. Da, 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 da. Today we are talking about issue three of the Archie uh, Teenage Ninja Turtle comic, and this is The Incredible Shrinking Turtles. Oh. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. But before we do, I just wanted to kind of real briefly mention a couple of things. Um First of all, uh, I wanted to kind of mention a few news bits. I found, and I got all this uh, information from TeenageMutantNinjaTurtles.com, and um, there was a couple of really cool things. I'm trying to pull it up here. Stalling, stalling. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, okay, so the first one I found, now this one's crazy. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they're, they're statues made by Prime One Studios, and they are basically r replicas of the... 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle film, Turtles. Mm. And I don't know, see, this is the thing, Landon, I don't know how big they are, but to me, for the price, they ought to be life-size, because <laughs> guess how much Guess how much they're one for all four turtles? Oh, probably two grand, I would say. Very close, very close. $2,299. Wow, yeah, they better be like four and a half feet tall. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the picture, they're extremely detailed, and they look great. But they better for that. Jeez, uh, they better for that price, eh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's kid. a lot of that's a lot of scratch, man. I don't yeah, know if I... and I, I don't think it's life size. I think they are just you know normal figures. I could be wrong, I'll, and I'll double check that for the next episode. But from what I'm looking at, they don't look like they're life size. Hmm, it's interesting. That's that's a lot of money to pay for some uh, a lot of money from figures and statues. I mean, yeah, they they said you can do a, a payment plan for two hundred fifty eight dollars and seventy five cents for nine months. But My like, wife would kill me if I was on a payment plan for a statue. <laughs> for a statue. But, but look how good it looks. Come on, it really adds some ambiance to the house. <laughs> Put it like it's the focal point of your living room. <laughs> I don't know if I like Donatello in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> you expected maybe the Adams Family? No, I Oh, no, that's a whole other, whole other show. No, it wasn't uh, actually. Yeah. But yeah, so that's one thing I found. Um, so for, for listeners, if you did want to check it out, I'll send a link in the show notes. And maybe you can tell us whether these are life-size or not. Jeez, they should be, eh? Yeah, and if you want to buy us one, you can. Yeah, that'd be great. Or all four. That'd be excellent. Exactly. We'll, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. And you can't put a price on that. 
No, that's that's invaluable. <laughs> and then the other thing I thought, this is a really kind of uh, touching story. Uh, the article says, help make this TMNT fan uh, make his dreams come true. Basically, this little boy, I'm trying to find his name here. Um, well, the the name of the company is called Magic Wheelchair, and uh, apparently the, this this boy has a an illness. I think his name's um, Angel. Basically, one of his one of his wishes was to have uh, his wheelchair turned into the Ninja Turtle van, and they oh, cool. they actually did it, and they showed a picture of it. It looks really cool. It even lights up and everything. It's got the lights on the top and the bottom. Uh, it looks just like the Shell Razor. It looks awesome. You know, his dreams might not necessarily be Ninja Turtle related, but, um, you know, they're still doing the GoFundMe page for it because he's a diehard Ninja Turtles fan. And uh, I forget what the other dream was. I think it was to meet Vin Diesel, and the other was to swim with the dolphins one day. So oh, cool. they're trying to make that happen for him, um, you know, and utilize the, the, the time that he has because, I, I, unfortunately, I think his, his illness is terminal. So I'll send a link in the show notes about that. It shows a picture of his turtle van, uh, which is really, really cool. He's all dressed up like a Ninja Turtle. He's he's uh, dressed up as Raph, so pretty cool, man. Good choice. Yeah, good choice. good choice. Oh, by the way, what's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Oh, man, it depends on what stage of life I'm in. <laughs> when <laughs> oh, I was a tell. kid, When I was a kid, I was a real big Donatello and Leonardo fan. Mm-hmm. Then I got a little bit older, and I was all about Leonardo. Then when I was a teenager, you know, I thought Michelangelo was pretty cool, and... <laughs> Now, now I'm a big Raphael fan for some reason. I just, I don't know. I like him. <laughs> huh. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was the same way when I was a kid. When I was a kid, diehard Donatello. Diehard Donatello. And Donatello will always be, always hold a special place in my in my heart. Mm-hmm. Now, I, re- okay, out of all of them, I think I relate to Leonardo the most. But out of all of them, I think I wish I was more like Michelangelo the most. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah. I think I, think I have more in common with Leonardo. But I really like Michelangelo, and I like not taking things seriously because guess what? Life's too serious. Jeez. That's right. <laughs> sit back and eat a pizza. Yeah, amen to that, and that's the premise of this whole show. You're right. So let's see. And then the last thing for me that I noticed uh, as far as news is that they have new mini trailers out for the movie coming up uh, on oh. June 3rd. And one of them was really funny. I forget. Uh, Michelangelo had a really good line. I think, like, Raph's trying to talk to him and inspire him to, to go fight the foot soldiers and stuff. And, you know, Michelangelo's eating pizza. He's not. He's kind of in the zone with the pizza. He's not really paying attention the whole time. And he goes, wait, what are we doing? By the end of the trailer. So I was like, hey, this, you know what? This looks surprisingly good. I I really I, want it to do well. I really want too. it to do well. Me too. You know, I didn't hate the last film, but it just wasn't – it just wasn't is what I was hoping for. I didn't hate it, mm-hmm. though. Whereas this one, this might actually be a really, really good movie. Um, first of all, I love uh, Bebop and Rocksteady's design. I love the fact that, uh, you know, they kept the pink mohawk for Bebop. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, that leads me into my turtle pickups. I got a Bebop <laughs> and Rocksteady full-size figures. Look, they look awesome. And then I got a, a Color Classics, or not Color Classics, uh, the Classic Playmates figure um, re-release. The Michelangelo on a skateboard, and then I got uh, Casey Jones, and Casey Jones is another big part of uh, why I like the the new movie coming up. It's yeah. great. Chris Amell from Green Arrow. It, it's going to be pretty good. The the new movie to me seems like the Saturday morning cartoons, but made into a live action movie. Yeah, absolutely. Or did I say Chris Amell? I think it's Steve Amell, isn't it? I think it is Stephen Amell. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, why don't you correct me, eh? Well, you know, I was just going to let you run with it. <laughs> 
I do. I do think this will be more like a like a the Saturday morning cartoons come to life because you know you've got Bebop and Rocksteady, you've got the Shredder, mm-hmm. you've got the Turtles, you've got April and Casey, and then like the big reveal of the mastermind behind everybody, Krang and the robot, the android body. Yeah, is, is the main villain behind everything. By the way, have you seen pictures of him? I have, dude. That is crazy looking. He looks so cool. He's got like a brain beard. Yeah, like. They, I saw a picture of him like on a ray gun or something, and he looks like the cartoon come to life. Like I almost saw uh, or heard Pat Fraley's voice coming out <laughs> of that crane when I saw that picture. Oh man, how cool would it be if they got him to do that? You know who they got to do crane, don't you? I, you know, I don't know. Uh, Fred Armenian, Armesian, the the guy from Saturday Night Live that does all the like kooky voices. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that'd be good. I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, he does the. He does Lawrence Welk on Saturday Night Live. The Lawrence Welk skit. Oh yeah, he was, yeah. He's Lawrence Welk. He's the guy doing the voice of Krang. Wow, I'm okay with that. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's he's quite a talent. I've heard people say that it was really creepy sounding. Like people were kind of skeeved out when they put his voice with the, like the the animation. Yeah, I say they're definitely going to go a lot more intimidating with the, with the Krang character than you know than obviously the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and this comic, which Krang does make an appearance in this comic, so, yeah. I, lo- I love it when Trenner and Krang bicker. It's great. I do, too. <laughs> I love they're, they're like an old married couple, and they I know really they, they've went on record as saying that that's kind of the, the basis of their relationship, but it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't have one without the other, I'm telling you. Yeah, That's right. Well, and then um, I think that's it. Oh, and the last thing I was going to say is that issue 58 of the IDW comics is already out. And I think Josh O'Rourke and I are going to be discussing that next weekend, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I think that'll be episode 44 of our show. If this is episode 43, I can't remember, eh? Nah. Jeez, I'm slacking, eh? You do so many of them, you start forgetting the numbers. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding, <laughs> jeez. All right, Ozer, were you getting hungry? I am. Yeah, you know, me too, me too, man. Let, let's go get some pizza. All right. And our favorite place. You know what that's called. Welcome to Ninja Pizza. Home of the nice slice. Man, that was really good. <laughs> Come to Ninja Pizza, home of the nice slice. Oh, hey, there's April. Don't you guys think about anything but pizza? Ah, uh, yeah, like when we're going to have our next pizza, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, or what kind of toppings we're going to put on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Hoser, well, first of all, what kind of pizza are we going to get today, eh? Hmm, what a, well, you know, it's kind of early in the morning. What if we get the... Uh, Raspberry jam and bagel pizza. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. I'll tell you what. These people around, they got, they all got swords on. Or they all got swords on. Jeez, li- listen to me. I can't talk. They got swords on them. <laughs> they all got swords. They're chopping their, their, their bread and everything. Jeez, creepy. Yeah, I know. And that one guy, he was pounding the dough with a nunchuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. I mean, it sounds a little unconventional, but it's the best pizza in town. What can we say? Yeah, I mean, they, they know how to make a good pizza. Yeah, absolutely. Well, alright guys, well today we're going to be discussing issue 3 of the TMNT Archie Ninja Turtle comic. This was released on July of 1989, and I think the Archie series was released um, bi-monthly, I want to say. And you know, the Archie series had a really good run. I want to say there was about 60-some comics, and mm-hmm. it lasted close to 10 years. I mean, it was well into the 90s when the, when the, uh, the original run of the Archie comics was done. So, you know... And it was great because this particular comic, for, for those people who didn't have maybe cable TV, 
this particular comic was your source of classic turtles that we know mm-hmm. that we grew up with. So, like, first of all, Hoser, what was um, some of your experiences with, with this comic? Did you ever read any of these when you were a kid? I did. Um, I know I had issues one and two because I went back and read those before I read this one. And I had those growing up as a kid. And the one thing I remember about uh, the Archie comics like that was that they were made on a really, really rough, like, newspaper print paper. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was the first thing. Like, we, of course, we read them digitally. They had been scanned in on the computer, the the, the copy I read. And that was actually yours. And, and thanks again for letting me. Oh, uh, no problem, buddy. Use your login to read the comic. Uh, but that was the first thing that came to mind when I was reading these on the computer screen was, wow, I remember that paper being really rough and really, uh, I don't know, like you could see the, the printer dots in their yeah. in their coloration, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, this, like you said, this was the this was the cartoon brought into comic form, basically. For for the mere price of one dollar, you could own your own cartoon episode. You know, mm-hmm. you couldn't beat that back in the day because you know turtles they were they were very popular. I remember I remember as a kid always trying to find you know specific action figures like Leonardo. I couldn't find Leonardo to save my life until you know like a year or two after actually buying the toys and. You know, the, the comic books, they weren't as big around here, so you could find the comics and pick them up and, and read them. And I, and I usually did that when I couldn't find a turtle that I wanted, like an action figure. I would just buy, like, the dollar comic and read that. Oh, yeah. I mean, for one buck, I mean, you can't beat that price. I mean, because now comics are three ninety nine a piece. Mm-hmm. I remember this comic a lot in stores. You know, I didn't have many of them, though. I watched the cartoon religiously, and I had seen the comic in stores, and I might have had a few when I was a kid, but I don't remember having a lot of them. But mm-hmm. one thing I do remember is having a lot of the storybooks, which you and I were talking about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, we were talking about the Donatello story uh, with the magic crystal. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, so I had a lot of those, and I think they were in a lot of the book fairs that we had at our, our elementary yep. school. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I would be one of the first ones to pick up all the turtle stuff. Of course, they went quick anyway. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so, you know, it's kind of cool to go through these because the first, the first I'd, I'd say, ten issues of the Archie comic are direct adaptations from the cartoon but then later on you notice that the stories became their own individual stories specifically for the Archie comics mm-hmm. um, you know later on they, they discussed actually some pretty important issues like global warming um, uh, you know pollution and drugs drug usage and stuff you know it got a little bit more towards you know real life issues in in the Archie series, whereas the you know the TV series kind of went off and did its own thing too, so yeah. it's kind of cool. So first you kind of get this, you know, almost mirror image of what was on TV for the first few issues, and then it kind of branches off and does its own thing. So it's kind of neat to see the evolution of the series in place. But the the best thing about it is it's fun. It's a fun comic. Yeah, it's really lighthearted. It's what I like. It's you know you had the. Uh... The actual Eastman and Laird's Ninja Turtles, which you know was the dark, gritty ninja action yeah. comic, and then you had this, which was kind of the light-hearted cartoon. You know, they use their weapons, but you know they they use it to like knock a stack of uh, car tires on someone and wrap them up in them. You know, it's not right. it's not violent. They're not chopping the Shredder's head off or anything like that. But for the worst, they're going to do is kick him in the in the head or something. That's like the whole series is like that, and. uh and I'll never forget, it was uh, right before, actually, I, I met you, Landon. Um, I, I think, maybe maybe I'd already known you at this point. No, yeah, I, I knew you at this point because it was um, my junior year of high school, 
I remember I ordered a whole bunch of Archie comics off of eBay for really dirt cheap. Because it was before the, the uh, 2003 cartoon had come out. You know, so the Turtles were still kind of in this lull phase, you know, that they weren't mm -hmm. really super-duper popular again. And I, I bought, I think it was 40-some Archie comics in a lot for like 20 bucks. And they were all in great shape. So I bagged them and boxed them. And now I've got a, a big, you know, big run of them at the house. I don't have them all, but I, I've got a big chunk of them. So I, and I actually did have the paper copy of this issue, and it's so cool to hold in my hand because I'm yeah. looking at it right now, and on the back of it, it's got a tr uh, preview for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1 for the NES, brought to you by Ultra. <laughs> oh, man. I loved comic ads and comic books back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you got Raph, like, peeking up through this, like, manhole cover, and right beside him you see Contra, Blades of Steel, Metal Gear, and that looks like Life Force in the background. So pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the... Uh... I got mine. I got mine as a birthday present. It was a. Uh, it was volume one and two, of oh. the of the Archie comics. I got it for a birthday present from a from a relative, and I really enjoyed it. And that's kind of what got me hooked on the on the Archie comics, and you know the the print turtles. I guess you could say the the storybooks and the comics and everything. Cause I believe these comics were the first Ninja Turtle like books and publications that I ever had. So yeah. Yeah, I mean this because we would have been you, now. You're what a year older than me, Hoser? Yeah, I would have been four when this came out. Gosh, I probably didn't remember this one when it actually came out. I, I'd have been about uh, three or four. <laughs> I do remember seeing the later issues in stores. So, uh -huh. so for this one here, all right, this particular issue, issue three, and the reason we're starting with three is Josh and I have actually covered uh, issues one and two before. It's basically from what I remember that story arc was. There was the, ninja, the Crooked Ninja Turtle Gang, and yeah. apparently they were framing. Shredder was using them to frame the turtles. But Shredder also needed to break uh, Baxter Stockman out of prison, I believe he was in, and uh, Baxter designs this rat catcher to try to catch Splinter as well. And I can't really remember how the story arc ended, but I do remember, of course, that the turtles got away, and Baxter, I think he was imprisoned again, and uh, Sh Shredder has been foiled again. So, Yep, they caught the Crooked Ninja Turtle Gang and tied them up and, like, called them, you know, they were being featured on Channel 6 News as public enemy number one, the Ninja Turtles, and they uh, got footage of them fighting the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang and capturing them, and that kind of brought them back as, as heroes, and they destroyed the Rat Catcher. I forget how they did it. I, I just read this the other day. They destroyed the Rat Catcher. They just, like, beat on it and beat on it till it finally broke. Yeah, didn't they fight the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang in, like, a junkyard, too? I remember Yeah, that. that's that's where they, like, dropped the tires on them and tied them up with, like, construction material and stuff like that. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, pretty, it was pretty cartoony, but I liked it. Great. It's great. I love it. So, uh, so this particular issue takes place right after that, and this was also um, the adaptation of, I think it was episode two... One or two of season two. So, uh, yeah, so here we go. So this is um, The Incredible Shrinking Turtles Part 1. Again, it was released in July of 1989. The adaptation was done by Beth and Ken Matroni. The penciling done was, uh, was done by Ken Matroni, and I love the artwork. Looks just mm -hmm. like the cartoon. The inking was done by Dave Garcia. Lettering by Gary Fields. Coloring by Barry Grossman. And the editor was Victor Gorlick. But before, before we get into the actual story, Hoser, there's something I need mm -hmm. to tell you. Okay. You don't need drugs to play sports, to meet new friends, to enjoy music. Just feel great. You have a choice. Say no to drugs, Hosehead. You got it, big guy. <laughs> now that that's out of the way, sorry, that was in the inside cover. I had to read it. <laughs> so uh, basically the story begins with 
Leonardo slashing a daffodil. And I was like, oh, dang, man, this is intense training right here. It is. <laughs> and then you find out that the daffodil was actually on Raphael's head. Uh, and he goes, oh, great, I've just been de-daisied. So, <laughs> and Leo's like, will you stop joking around? I'm trying to train here. And they're out. And I like how they're out in the in open right in the middle of uh, New York City, right by the lake. Yeah, I mean, they're just kind of out in the daylight. Like, you think somebody would say something like, hey, is that four giant turtles out there training? Yeah. Well, what are they doing? Yeah, geez. Is anyone going to call the cops? But then again, it is New York. Yeah, I mean, they're just like, eh, leave them alone. Yeah, just just a bunch of punkers. That's all it is. Bunch of punkers. Wearing green makeup. Can't stand them. That's right. And uh, Leo's like, hey, will you guys quit goofing off? Shredder could be here at any moment. Donatello comes in with the bow and, and uh, uh, smacks the sword out of, or katana out of Leo's hand. And, you know, he's like, what were you saying about someone showing up at any moment? And then, sure enough, who shows up? Orokosaki. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it, it, it really is. Well, sort of. But you'll notice, like, it, you'll see the slide, and it's Shredder. He just comes out of nowhere, right? Yeah. But his face looks like a human, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It looks just like the actual Shredder. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the, the cape and everything. And, and then you find out, you know, and by the way, the, the turtles beat up on him pretty good. And then Leo has him pinned. He's like, ready to say, Uncle? And then uh, Michelangelo's like, whoa, chill out. Who's me, bro? And I love, well, by the way, where did he get his helmet at? Oh, he got his helmet at the one and only Ninja Pizza. Right here. Right here in uh, he, this place. He made it out of a pizza box, as he said. <laughs> yeah. And I love how it's got the, it looks just like the Shredder helmet, so maybe that's where Shredder got it from. Maybe maybe he did. Maybe he uh, ordered it, and his helmet's actually cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, meanwhile, Leo, he just kind of looks kind of dumbly at the uh, helmet. He's like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that, but he yeah, does. Yeah, he does. He's kind of got a look. And then all of a sudden, a spacecraft flies over New York City, crashes right into the water there. Donatel goes, huh? What was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> I love how Leonardo says, it's going to crash, and Raph's like, uh, crash nothing. It's going to splash. It's heading for the lake. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I love this corny sense of humor. <laughs> I laughed at that. I laughed out loud at that so hard. <laughs> oh, you know, that gave, that gave me an idea uh, for, um, you know, when, when we do these, what, you know, since we're actually here at Ninja Pizza, to keep with the pizza theme, we need to pick out our favorite cheesy line. Oh, that's my favorite cheesy line right there. I think mine's coming up. Mine's coming up. So so the spacecraft goes into the water, and then it's, for some reason, this little pod, it's like an escape pod, uh, goes in the water, and they, they swim down to the bottom, and they see this little alien. He looks just like the alien from E.T. That's what I thought. He looked like E.T. with the splinter kimono on. Yeah, he does look like that, yeah. And it matches his uh, skin tone, so, you know, kind of very garb there. Yeah, He's new. He, he's a nudist, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so so they go under there, and uh, Raphael uses his sai to pry it open. Um, it's the sai and um, Donatello's bow staff. They pry it open, and they, they pull the little guy out of the uh, escape pod, and they swim him back to the surface. You know, they take him up to the land. Mikey's like, man, he's pretty weird looking. And then Leo's like, she probably thinks you're weird looking, too. <laughs> and then right after that, who's in the bushes? Shredder. That's like, was he there the whole time? <laughs> I love that. He's just like in the bushes, like, I'm watching you. Yeah, what have those meddlesome turtles stumbled upon now? Yeah, it's like he's been there the whole time, uh, just kind of watching. And then I like, uh, Dante's like, hey, boil some water quick. And <laughs> Leo's like, we're not delivering a baby. And, you know, that sounded like a Michelangelo line, if anything, so... He's, he, we're not having a baby. We're not delivering a baby, Dimbo. I'll ever call him Dimbo. <laughs> Dimbo. <laughs> I'll call you a Dimbo, eh? Uh, that's gonna be like the ultimate insult on here now. You Dimbo. 
You didn't just Take call it me back. Bimbo. <laughs> so uh, the poor alien, though he finally comes to, uh, and he says, The Eye of Sarnath, you must find the three fragments. So now we know there's three of them. And uh, Shredder's behind the bush there, and he's like, Hmm, Eye of Sarnath, eh? <laughs> and, I uh, like where this is going. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, the, the alien goes, Three pieces of my ship fell to the earth, and you must find them. Uh, and when they're joined, the possessor will have power undreamed of in your world. And Shredder goes, undreamed of power, eh? <laughs> I like the sound of that. And he has, I think, a, one of the crystal trackers. And he's like, Dante's like, well, how are we going to find them? And, you know, they could be anywhere. He's like, oh, just use this conveniently placed tracker that I have. Uh, <laughs> it, can sen- it can sense the energy. Yeah. And then what happens to him? He, like, vaporizes. I know. Did he die? See, that's what I'm wondering, if he vaporized or if he teleported to his home planet or what. Yeah, yeah. And now, if he could teleport, you would think that he wouldn't need a spacecraft. Yeah, really. He could just, like, I don't know. That's a that's an odd plot device. But he just kind of, like, vaporizes himself. Yeah, and he's gone. He's gone. He, like, melts into the grass. Jeez. He's one with the Earth now. Yeah. It's a circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> the Turtle King. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. So what happens next, Ozer? I'm kind of lost on my comic. They uh, Shredder bows to find the fragments, you know, when the bush is still. And mm-hmm. It cuts to the turtles using the device in the uh, the party wagon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by the way, the party wagon looks great in this comic. Looks great. Yes, it does. Yeah. He says, uh, Michelangelo goes, see if that gizmo's got a setting for, for food, dude. I could use a pizza break. <laughs> so Michelangelo, all he can think about is pizza, which I, I love his style. You know, I always wondered with Michael and Joe, how did he not gain any weight? How was he always so fit I don't eating know. all that pizza? I don't know. I don't know, especially the pizzas that they got. You yeah, know, no, jelly beans, wild. ice cream, all kinds of stuff, yeah. <laughs> Except for anchovies. He didn't want anchovies on him. No anchovies. No. So um, so they're looking for the other crystals, and that's why they're driving around New York City, and the tracker is apparently finding them for him. And I'll tell you what, Shredder gets around quick because he was in a bush a minute ago, and now he's on top of a roof with Baxter Stockman, who's eating an ice cream cone. That's right, and it's not Fly Baxter either; it's Human Baxter. It's yeah, Scientist Baxter. Yeah, uh, and he says, "Baxter, connect me with Krang from Dimension X immediately." Uh, and he goes, "But my cone is all melting in the sun." He's like, "Silence, <laughs> Toad. <laughs> Do as I say." Uh, so, you know, he's beaming into uh, Krang, who's in the Technodrome in Dimension X. Technodrome looks great in the comic, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, Shredder's kind of telling him, hey, look, I found something that will vaporize the turtles. I've got something that's got incredible power. He, uh, Shredder goes, all I need is my, my foot soldiers, and I, I, can, uh, I can find these so much easier. And Krang, what does he do? He goes... The answer is still no. <laughs> He's a that jerk. Was a horrible, that was a horrible impression. That was better than my yeah. Shredder, man. That was good. He uh, he tells the Shredder no, that he's not going to get any help until he can do it on his own. So Krang, you know, he's just, uh, once again, uh, he's, he's not helping him. And that's the whole reason that in the previous issues, he had to start the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang because Krang would not give Shredder the, um, the foot soldiers. He's kind of being a jerk. And, you know, that kind of mirrors what was going on in the uh, cartoon at that time, too, because, you know, the Technodrome had just been sent to Dimension X, mm-hmm. and Krang and was sending Shredder through the portal back to Earth to try to figure out how to bring them all back to Earth. And, you know, he wouldn't... He Shredder would ask for, like, Bebop and Rocksteady, and he would tell him no. He would ask for Foot Soldiers. He would tell him no, that he's on his own. And that was kind of mirroring what was going on in the cartoon at that time, too. Yeah, that, and this this book does a great job of that. And, you know, if, if I were a kid and I didn't have, you know, the cartoon episode, I would love this book. 
Mm-hmm. Now, when I was a kid, like I loved to cut up comic books, which was kind of dumb because some of them were probably worth something. But I just loved the coloring and the and the, the pictures themselves and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I would have cut up every single panel of this book and just put them all over my room. I just would have because it's so colorful. It, it looks great. It really does. It is. It's good. The only complaint I have is I don't like Krang's body color, the white, but. I oh, I've not noticed. Let me let me look back at that. Like it's kind of like you know how in the the cartoon it was like oh, yellow yeah. and red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just white and pink. Yeah, it's just kind of like metallic looking, and I mean that that's cool. But if it's mirroring the the cartoon a lot more, I would like for it to have like the the red underwear and the red boots and. And that kind of goes back to the turtle van too. Like the turtle van's mostly just shades of green. You don't see any yeah. yellow or red or on on the turtle van either. Maybe it was just more to, to print in yellow. I don't know. Maybe it would have cost more. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It kind of does make you wonder, especially since it was so cheap, you know, if, if mm-hmm. that might have been had something to do with it. So anyways, the crystal uh, leads them to, of all places, a garbage dump uh, or a garbage truck that actually fills. And it's funny because when the garbage truck fills the, um, I guess it's a, a boat with the, the garbage, um, you can see the crystal clear as day. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do they miss that? Yeah, it's like, hmm, well, it's just garbage. Throw it away. Yeah, just throw it away. Yeah, on the tugboat there. So uh, the turtles, they hop onto the boat, and, uh, you know, they're trying to get the crystal that the sensor has found. And Donatello, he, he hops in there, and, of course, he's got a banana peel on his head. And he goes, hey, look, guys, jackpot. And then there goes Shredder. He says, you seem to be in over your heads, so I'll take that. <laughs> he kind of pulls like the uh, criminal guy on The Simpsons. He'll go, yoink. Yoink. <laughs> Yeah, and I, th- I believe that's my cheesy line, you know, where he said they're in over their heads. I was like, hey, that's that was pretty good. good. <laughs> and they're like, hey, give it back. And he's like, no way. And then uh, Shredder makes short work. To his credit, he makes short work of the turtles. He he trips uh, Donatello. He says, one down, three to go. And then uh, Michelangelo, and I like this panel. The artwork looks awesome because the, the nunchucks are just spinning around, and they're making uh-huh. the wooza, wooza, wooza sound effect. And then somehow I think he gets caught with a conveniently placed rope that's hanging from a crane. Yep. And, and Shredder just, you know, hits a lever on the crane and it hangs uh, Michelangelo upside down. Uh, and then Raphael goes at him. And this is incredible. You want to describe what uh, Shredder Dude, does here? Shredder, he's uh, he's been hitting the gym apparently because he, like, karate, like, backhand karate chops <laughs> a telephone pole in half and it, like, falls on Raph. Yeah, a telephone pole. You remember him being that strong? He's not even Super Shredder. I know. He's not, he's not Kevin Nash Shredder yet. No, he must work out. Yeah, he must. He's yeah. hitting the foot steroids or something. And <laughs> and not to mention, he says, a simple challenge. And, like, he real nonchalantly does it. Yeah, I know. That's I like how they make him a competent villain in this comic book. Because, you know, in the cartoon, sometimes he was just kind of, I don't know, he was comic relief and sure. kind of bumbling. But in this one, like, he's posing a legitimate threat. He's, like, wiping the floor with all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because so he knocks, he pins Raph with a telephone pole, which is crazy. And then Leo's like, all right, well, it's my turn. And then Shredder does like this crazy acrobatic thing. He kind of like hops upside down, kicks Leonardo's katanas out of his hands. The katanas fly up and cut the rope that was hanging Michelangelo upside down. And he comes flying down and pins Leonardo. I was like, dang, Shredder, did you mean to do that? Yeah, he, that was a crazy move. Yeah, it was. I thought that was pretty good. And uh, so he's got the uh, crystal, the tracking crystal. Or, no, the, I'm sorry, the actual crystal that was tracked from the tracker. Um, so he's got it now. And by the way, for some reason, it's changed shape. It looks different. Yeah. And he shines it at the turtles, and what happens? They, they turn into 
action figure Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> They've turned into four baby turtles. <laughs> pizza! Pizza! That was really good. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Hosehead. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, they turn into little baby turtles. And by the way, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Um, the Incredible Shrinking Turtles comes from, uh, it's a kind of a famous, um, well, maybe it's infamous. I, I'm not sure. I've never seen it. <laughs> um, the Incredible Shrinking Man, which was a 50s. It was back during the, you know, the, the boom of uh, cheesy monster movies from the, you know, late 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, the Incredible Shrinking Man, which I've not seen, but I saw the cover of it. And it looks funny because it's this little guy, and there's just like this giant cat going after him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, man, that looks scary. Oh, man, that's too scary for me. I'm oh, not going to watch that. Yeah, hopefully he has nine lives too, eh? Yeah, really. You're going to need them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that's what this is based off of. And I love this. Shredder's, all he's trying to do is just stomp on them like bugs. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty, pretty awesome. It looks – and the animation looks great, as, or the uh, – the art looks great, as you know, as far as you know, having them look like they're actually shrinking and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they try to run away, and they they run out. To, uh, and I think I was a little confused by this part. A trash truck comes out yeah, like of nowhere a... and tries, I guess, to run Shredder down, level him like a pancake. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the turtles get away. You know, the trash truck comes by, distracts Shredder while he's trying to crush them, and uh, just drives on by. And then Shredder, you know, he talks trash. He's like, stupid Roadhog, out of my way. <laughs> so, and then, then, of course, the trash, the truck blows up all this dust, and the turtles kind of, they, they run away, so Shredder can't find them. And I love this part, because so they go out in the, the, the street. They're trying to get home, and what happens, Jose? They uh, about get run over by a street sweeper. <laughs> yeah. So the street sweeper comes by, and they're like, oh, gosh, we got to run back yeah. to the curb. But the curb's too high, so they can't get up there, uh, in time at least. So the street sweeper goes by, and it blows the water down first, and it washes them, the turtles, down the sewer. And I thought this was actually one of my favorite parts of the comic. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that was, it, was a, it was kind of a cool uh, device to set up them getting back home and being able to go back into the sewers. Exactly, exactly. And Splinter sees them. He's like, dang. And I love this part. He says, hmm, it would seem that we have quite a large problem. <laughs> and then Leonardo's like, please, Sansei, must you use the word large? So I thought I was like, yeah, I love the I love the jokes. So uh, you know, and Michelangelo is he holding the tracker crystal? Yeah, I think he is. I got you. So now at least they've still got that, so they can track the other two wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> and I love it. Splinter's got his own turtle com, and he buzzes in to April, and I love uh, Burn Thompson here. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's like, we have to be decisive, daring, able to make split second decisions. And then uh, April, she gets the phone call, and she takes off. He gets on to her. Um, yeah. He says, hey, I've got to go, Mr. Thompson. It's a hot story. He's like, go? Where? We're in the middle of a meeting. She said, well, look, you said it yourself. We've got to make split-second decisions. Ciao. <laughs> yeah. She's like, peace. Did you notice in the, uh, the picture of the boardroom meeting that Vernon's in there? And, like, he has a coffee cup that has his name on it that says Vernon. Yeah. <laughs> Nice touch. I love that. Just in case he didn't know which one was his. Yeah. Vernon. Oh. That's pretty good. Vernon. Sorry, April. <laughs> April. I didn't know you could do a Vernon. That's pretty good. Yeah, I can do a Vernon. It all do Vern Thompson. Go, 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 go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and I love this part. So she's like, she goes, so you said it yourself. We got to make a split second decision. Ciao. He's like, but it was only a speech. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> Yeah, that was just inspirational. Come on. Yeah, jeez. 
So meanwhile, in Krang's Technodrome, Shredder's t trying to tell Krang, like, hey, look, I've got this thing that has shrunk the turtles. They have been obliterated. I saw that garbage truck run them over, even though technically that's not what happened. Uh, he's like, I promise you, they're dead. And uh, does Krang buy it? No, man, Krang, he, he wants proof. Yeah, he's like, man, get out of here, man. You talking jive. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm a brain. I'm smart. I, I got to have proof, man. Yeah, right. No kid. And he says, unlimited power rubbish. You have given me nothing but empty promises. And then uh, Shredder's like, but Krang. Oh, so that's, that's uh, Vernon. <laughs> Ver but Vernon as the Shredder. <laughs> and she goes, I want my foot soldiers. <laughs> and, uh, uh, oh, by the way, speaking of Vernon, did you notice he looks a lot different? Yeah. The comic version of Vernon looks different from the, um, the TV version. It's kind of strange. He's got, like, white hair or, like, a brownish hair here. Yeah. Where in the TV one, he's got a pink shirt and black hair. He stood out in the TV show. He was a flamingo. Hey, why don't you tell us that flamingo joke, will you? Oh, um, I can't remember the flamingo joke. You, you told on the last Super Show. It was a while ago, but you said something like, you know, my wife, uh, she, uh, she tried to tell me to quit acting uh, like a flamingo, so that's where I had to put my foot down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was a good, I forgot about that one. Yeah, you told that. You had me going. <laughs> yeah. But, I need to uh, find some more good dad jokes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to add them on here. You know, we got to come up with a cheesy joke, too. I mean, if, <laughs> if, if that fits this place perfectly. It does. Although we might get booed out of uh, the, this pizza place, eh? Yeah, and they, they throw uh, daggers and ninja stars at you, too, when, yeah. when they're not happy. Last time, uh, Landon forgot to pay the check, and uh, they, they almost killed him. That's right. I said, no way. Put it on my tab. And then I forgot <laughs> to pay my tab, but they don't know that. <laughs> They don't. You, they don't know you have. Don't have a tab. So, uh, so, anyways, um, Shredder. He he's talking to uh, Krang. He's like, "Look, I I've got a you know the, this plan and everything." And and Krang's just like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just I want results." So then the next thing that happens is pretty crazy. So April, she's driving the turtle van, and uh, Splinter, he's in the passenger seat, and he says, "We must find Shredder and that alien fragment before he uses it to further damage." And right in the middle of that, and by the way, this is a nice van because apparently it's got cable TV in it. I was going to say, they got a nice TV in there. Yeah, nice TV, yeah. And it says, we interrupt this commercial to bring you a special bulletin. And I like how April actually explains, interrupt the commercial, this must be big news. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I thought that was a pretty good line. <laughs> and the Empire State Building apparently is shrinking. And this is kind of crazy because all these people are fleeing the building, you know, and how in the world did they get everybody out of the Empire State Building that quick? I don't know, man, but they must have a really good evacuation plan. all I can think of. Except for the one guy who the who gets kind of stuck in the building. Yeah, he's like, come on, <laughs> Mr. Hurry, you're the last one left. And he's like, duh. <laughs> That's literally what it says. And then the cops, you know, they're all kind of, as the Empire State Building finally shrinks down to like a toy size, the cops are kind of huddled around and like, wow, this is crazy. And guess who's dressed like a cop? Oh, it looks like Baxter. Baxter Stockman, yeah. And you know who Baxter kind of looks like? Who's that? I just got to thinking about this today. Is it Kid Wiz from Burger King? He does kind of look like does him. Does he not? I, he looks just like him. It's got the glasses, the kind of crazy hair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Who came first? I guess Baxter came first? Who came first, Kid Vid or Baxter? Was it? Well, Kid Vid was a different guy, wasn't it? Who was the one with the crazy hair? And the glasses. No, Kid Vid was the, the video kid. The... Yeah, yeah. Who, who was the one? I think his name was IQ, maybe. I mean, IQ, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Doesn't he look like Baxter? He does. I know, it's crazy. So anyways, uh, so I don't understand this ending quite. Maybe maybe you got it and I 
I just too dumb to understand it, but um, it says uh, so they grab the Empire State Building, and it says at Treader's Hideout, which I wonder where this is at. It's got all of uh, Baxter's gadgets and everything, and uh, it says Baxter, get me Krang. Now I've got all the proof he'll ever need. And it's just a miniature version. It's of course it's the Empire State Building, but here's why I'm confused. Wouldn't Krang just think that's a toy or yeah. a replica? Krang would uh, he would demand more proof. He's a he's not a dumb guy. No, he's not a dumb brain. I mean, he is a brain after all. So he yeah. is, and that's where it ends. So apparently, Shredder is going to talk to Krang about this. And be like, here's all the proof you need. And I, I don't know what the accent that was supposed to be. Krang will say, "Get that out of here. <laughs> we don't have none of that now." And nobody got time for that. Look at that. So Hoser, now that we're done with this issue, what do you think of it? I think it's a good. Uh, it's kind of the first big story arc, I guess, where the turtles are kind of in, in real trouble, and yeah, the the world at whole is at a big trouble. You know, the Crooked Ninja Turtles was just kind of to to make the turtles look bad and turn public opinion against them, but now Shredder's got this device where he can pretty much try to take over the world if he wants to. Yeah, especially if he finds the other two crystals. Uh, mm-hmm. Who knows what that can do? You know, and I I, I kind of vaguely remember this episode on TV, but I don't remember much. I don't remember how it ends. I don't either. And I'm purposely not going to watch it because I want to actually read the comics and see how it ends. Um, And we, Landon and I, will cover them. So that'll be good. But uh, overall, so how many slices of pizza would you give this particular issue, Jose? Let's see. Out of... How many slices are we saying? Uh, I guess ten would be the best. Ten would be the best. I would give this an an eight or a nine. It's a really good story. Um, There's a few... Like you said, there's a few parts in it where it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, it's a kid's comic. It's not supposed to be taken that seriously. So I would, I would give it an, I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10. It, it's a good read. It's a good story arc to jump into. You know, if you've not read the previous issues, you don't have to. Yeah. You can just jump into this one and get into the story and go from there. Yeah, I agree. I'd give it about 8 slices out of 10. Uh, it's a great setup issue. Um, lots of lots of great uh, action. I thought uh, the, the Turtles, you know in miniature size and the artwork to kind of reflect how everything else is so big around them was really cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of the artwork, I thought the artwork, artwork was great. I love the, you know, the animated kind of style. Um, mm-hmm. The artist, uh, what was his name? Ken Machoni? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Matroni. Um, did a great job on the artwork here. I love it. And I just love the style of artwork anyway. Um, and it's just a fun, fun story. I mean, it definitely captures the exact same thing that the cartoon was doing at the time. You know, the same mm-hmm. kind of lighthearted feel. Lots yeah. of, it's got the cheesy jokes in there. <laughs> um, so, what was your favorite line again? Who, who said your favorite? Raph, crash nothing. He's heading for the lake. It's more like Splash <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty bad. And then I like uh, Shredder's line. Uh, my cheesy line of this particular issue is, uh, Shredder, you're in over your heads, mutants. Of course, they were all in garbage and literally in over their heads. So I was like, oh, this is great. And then you hear the... <laughs> yep. And some guy playing a drum right next to him. I don't know where he came from. He just plays Shredder in. Play me in! <laughs> <laughs> so, well, sweet, Hoser. Well, um, so stay tuned for the next uh, episode of Ninja Pizza as we'll be, dis- we'll be discussing uh, issue four. And uh, Landon will be a mainstay on our show. I am so excited to have you on, man. I'm so happy to talk to you again. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm enjoying this. this yeah, was this, a, is, this fun. was a fun show. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I, here I am saying you will be on the show. Do you want to be on the show? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. See, see, we would love to have you, man. I'm, I'm excited. So now we got Josh Witt. We've got Josh O'Rourke, and now we've got Landon Long. So I, I'm just 
Turtle Flakes is a very exciting place for me to be right now. So I'm, I'm very excited. So glad to have you on, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, sweet. Well, well, Hoser, let's get one more slice of pizza. So, uh, you know, while we're here, eh? I'll just yeah, put let's on get my one tab. for the road. So, uh, what kind do you want to get to close out today's episode? Mm. Well, you know, we've had a we've had a good uh, breakfast pizza. Pizza. Pika? Pikachu? Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've had a good breakfast pizza. Let's uh, let's have like a brunch. What would you say to a uh, nice cantaloupe coffee pizza? Ooh, ooh, fruity. I like it. Well, not yeah. bad, not bad. So I say that sounds good, man. It's summertime. I could go for a little bit of, uh, you know, food and pizza. Sounds good. Well, all right, dudes and dudettes. Well, here's to hoping you enjoy your cantaloupe pizza. Calabunga, dudes. Later, taters. Put on. Ah, uh, not a whole, not a whole lot, man. I was just literally calling you when you called me. No, uh, no, uh, it's no, crazy. I think I sold all my fishing gear for Ninja Turtle stuff. <laughs> eh, I can't. I can't blame you for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be thirty this year. <clears throat> Getting old, man. I was, I was thirty last year. Thirty's not bad. Well, now you're younger, eh? You went back in time. Thirty-one's when you start getting old and falling apart. No way. Thirty-one and you're having fun. I'll you out. Ain't worth a count. <laughs> ain't worth a count. Ain't worth a count. No way, no way. Not my, not my landing. That landing guy, he's horrible. <laughs> no way. We don't want him. We don't want him. We want the turtles. <laughs> we don't want him. Who's that guy? We don't want him. We want the turtles. You're expecting maybe the Adams family? No. Actually, no, I wasn't. <clears throat> no, I gotta say in the Corey Thumbman voice. You were expecting maybe the Adams family? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey Feldman. I'm Donatello. <laughs> Got my coffee too, you know what I'm saying? Oh man. Yeah. They're Pretty all serious. Serious. Keep it jumping, keep it what's that what's that line when they throw the bill at them? And they're like, what is it? A threatening note? No, it's the check. <laughs> no, it's even worse. It's the check. <laughs> you know that you know that first episode was great, wasn't it? That was a good one. Yeah. I go back and watch that one sometimes when I'm feeling sad about turtles. You know, you gotta you gotta imagine that uh Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. They were watching that, and I, I, I always wondered what was going through their minds. You know, were they extremely excited, or were they just like, oh, this is not what we wanted? Or I, I, I tend to think that when they saw it, they knew it was going to be a kid show, obviously, because they helped in creating it. I bet you they were just like, wow, I hope this really takes off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>